Hello and welcome to the Mikey Pod podcast, episode 225 for January 30th, 2017. Today's guest is playwright Daima Mubasher, and she. Am I saying her last name right? No. Mubashir. Oh, Lord. So this is awesome because I'm about to also tell you that I've known her for like 20 years and suddenly I'm doubting my pronunciation of her last name. I just said it wrong the first time and now I'm doubting everything of my life. I'm your host, Michael Heron. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller and activist based in New York City. And as such, I have some pretty diverse tastes in things. So on this podcast, you could hear guests ranging from activists to musicians to pastors to authors, whatever else strikes my fancy. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for a little over 11 years. If you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at michaelherron.com. Hit me up at social media everywhere at at michaelherron or send an email to mikeypod at gmail.com. The world is ending. Donald Trump has been president for one week. Man, um, wow. You can get a lot done in a week, can't you, Donald Trump? I, I, yeah. I have never been so um, obsessed with reading the paper. Um, I'm really freaking out. Are you freaking out? To, so what happened today is uh, the whole thing. <laughs> Suddenly I can't even think of the words to describe it. He's banning Muslims and refugees from other countries that uh, people who are also legal to be here are being banned and detained at the airport. I don't know. This is like, I keep thinking like, I'm just not smart enough to understand it can't be that bad. But then I see the faces of people I know. There's a huge rally at uh, JFK airport today and I'm having some guilt and like gross overwhelmed feelings, you know, like, uh, I saw that that was happening and, and my, I have friends at Canada goose, uh, protesting animals being tortured. Um, there, there was another thing I saw going on today. Uh, what? I don't want to go out and do another thing. I don't, I don't <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't like protesting. Like, I don't like going to this stuff and I'm just like, uh, fuck now we gotta go you, now this asshole is in fucking the white house and we've got to go do more protests because these dumbasses voted him in and now we have to show up so anyway i had a moment today of just like you know what? i don't want to go and i feel like a big asshole for that because I, and oh we're probably gonna have world war three so um Greetings from the end of the world. Yeah, I feel really shitty about how everything is. I don't even know how to put it into words. So much stuff has happened this week. Just in... I, I don't even know. And, and that's... I, I, I don't pay attention to politics like I should, uh, obviously, because now there's fucking Donald Trump in the White House. And now I'm trying to get caught up and, and I feel like I don't really know how to talk about what I'm learning and observing because it's so freaking overwhelming. <laughs> like the way I said freaking after saying fuck like 90 times. This is an adult podcast, P.S. Uh, so I don't know. I feel like talking about this, but I'm sitting here looking at this mic and I don't know what to say except like this isn't the world. This isn't how I want to where I want to live. 
in a place like this where, and there are people that are right on board with everything. Like this is what bullying, disgusting, bigoted people do. That's not the kind of person I am. And, but that's now where I live. It's really fucked up. So that's what I got to say about that. I'm going to keep reading and trying to get myself caught up. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm guessing if you've been listening to this podcast or you know who I am or you know me or you know, you know, through the podcast, you're, you probably feel a similar way. Like, what are we supposed to do? Like, <laughs> there's so like my Facebook page like is a flood of all of this stuff we're supposed to do and like I don't have any faith that anything like if <laughs> if Donald Trump can become the president of the United States and start just doing this whack ass shit with these executive orders like I, I don't know I, I don't I don't feel like I have anything left <laughs> you know like I'm gonna find it because uh, but like, I don't understand how anyone could be like, oh yeah, that guy's doing it. He's doing a good job. But there are people that think that. And that's what makes me like, well, fucking forget it, you guys. I give up. Uh, so I don't give up because um, I'm sitting here talking to you guys and I'm going to upload this podcast. I'm also feverishly <laughs> uploading all my old podcasts to... Uh, archive.org in case I die in like whatever war happens. But if there's a war, if there's a world war three, like I don't think anyone is going to survive that. Like, am I right on that? Like there's a lot of nuclear bombs and missiles and shit. So I have a feeling like if we have another big world war, like doesn't that kind of mean everyone dies? <laughs> I have a lot of questions, you guys. Uh, if you'd like to, <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because I'm just like, I. It, it all seems so ridiculous. And you hear that siren? Every time that happens, I'm like, yep, yeah, that's, that's the state of our world now. There were sirens before, before Donald Trump was president. I'm pretty sure there were sirens. But right now, everything feels like, like the death knell of the planet. Like things weren't looking good already. Things are getting really bad now. I don't know. Maybe I'm overreacting. That'd be awesome if I was. Wow. Okay, so anyway, I've got a great guest for you today. <laughs> but first, if you like this always free podcast or the many other things I create, tell a friend, leave a review, like, subscribe, all of the things. And especially, I'd love your support at patreon.com slash Michael Heron, where you can get access to all kinds of cool stuff in exchange for as little as a dollar a month. I'd love to connect with you there, and I'd love your help in covering the expenses for this always free podcast and the other content I create. And while we're on the subject of this type of thing, I'm working up a couple of affiliate things, and I'm going to only do it with sites that I use or love. One of them is Blueberry, and that is where I, uh, well, my podcast isn't hosted there, though I'm considering moving the files over there uh, for various reasons. But the thing that I use Blueberry for is their uh, plugin there. Uh, it's a WordPress plugin and it's what I use to publish the podcast. It's amazing. And it, it's great. I've been a fan of, uh, Blueberry and raw voice back in the olden days of this podcast, like 10 years ago, I did a, uh, um, LGBTQ 
news show called The Velvet Voice for uh, Raw Voice? No, wait. Yeah. Anyway, if you'd like to set up your own podcast, you can do it at Blueberry.com. Use my promo code MikeyPod and you'll get a free month. Uh, I love Blueberry. I've been sort of, I've been working with them forever just in terms of using their WordPress plugin. Um, but also way back in the olden days of podcasting, like probably 10 years ago, I did a little, uh, a little short podcast called the velvet voice, uh, for raw voice media. And, uh, yeah, so it's a company that they've been involved in podcasting forever. Todd Cochran wrote, I think he wrote the first podcasting book. Um, and I learned a lot from him, and I use a lot of the tips from that book anyway. So it's a company I totally believe in. Uh, you should also let me know if you're going to start a podcast, A, because I want to listen to it, and B, because I would love to help you get it set up. Uh, it, podcasting is a super cool thing. It's sort of been, you know, lots of huge corporations are doing big podcasts, which is great. I love little ones like this, and I would love a little one like yours to get started too. It, you know, it's a great way for us all to connect with one another and share our voices in a time where we, we need as many voices out there as possible. All right. Um, I've also got an affiliate thing with DreamHost. I, I'm going to work that out. I'm going to make scripts for both of these things so you don't have to hear me stumble through all of this again next week. Uh, but I will put a link uh, to both of these on uh, the show notes for this. So both to DreamHost who, for hosting uh, websites and whatnot and uh, Blueberry for stats and this plugin and they can host your podcast. Lots of different things. Anyway, so let's talk about today's guest. Diamond Bubashir is a New York City playwright who comes by way of Chicago and Houston, Texas, which is where I first met her. Her work has been developed by the Bushwick Star, Going to the River Festival, Ensemble Studio Theater, Fire This Time Festival, Jack and Rising Circle Theater Collective. She's gotten a lot of awards. You could look at all this stuff on her website, diamondbashir.com, uh, which there will be a link to on from the show notes of this. I'd like to play a song for you from Ben Brody. Um, he'll be on the show soon. I'm going to go see a performance of his he has coming up. I just discovered him. Uh, a really interesting composer doing some cool stuff. Uh, but I've been digging through his music and I found this song I would love to play. It's perfect for today. It's called Breathe In, Breathe Out, featuring Elvi Yost. This is Ben Brody. Sometimes you're strong and other times you're weak 
Welcome to the podcast, Daima. Thank you. Hey, everybody. It's so good to be here. Talk yes. to Mikey. <laughs> Hi. Um, it's so awesome. We've known each other for like a million years. You're my artist colleague. Yes. We go way back to when we didn't um, know what we were doing. And um, <laughs> but we knew that we had to do it. That's what I remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was a time that you were like, oh, have you ever done the artist way? Because I was talking about, oh, I want to go back to playing the piano. And blah. we were 20 year olds. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and you were like, have you ever done the artist way? And I said, no, what's that? And you're like, you can do it at the Art League of Houston. Get in the car. I was like, OK. And then I got in the car and we went and you like made me sign up for the artist way. But that was like a life changing thing. Like that was when I decided to go back to school and start playing the piano again after many years. And for me, too, it was um, actually our good friend, Loris Bradley, um, who used to be the program director of um, Diverse Works back in Houston. Props to Diverse Works. Um, for real. She, she, because my sad, broken self had just broken up with someone. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she was like, girl, you need to do some work on yourself. And she handed me the book. And, um, and I started doing the morning pages and my life changed like really quickly. Um, and then I ended up moving to Chicago and going to the School of the Art Institute and study, ended up studying film and video with a little bit of performance. And then um, I went the film and video route for a few minutes, uh, a.k.a. years, mm-hmm. and ran, um, ran into, you know, I just... I got away from the writing part for um, a little too long and production isn't... I tried to go the production route and it wasn't for writers. Anyway, I came, I had a little come to Jesus at some point and um, funny, it was around another breakup. I don't know, breakups and comes Jesus are like, like <laughs> really touchstones for me. Um, and then I decided to start writing again and, um, and like things like blew up. Um, it seemed like it took a long time, but it was also really fast. I wrote a play, um, which I never thought that, um, like I always knew that I was a writer, but I didn't think theater, um, was always kind of off the cuff and kind of experimental and doing stuff in, um, weirdest ways. I have a hard time, like just joining the crowd, go figure. So, um, I, I started, I wrote a play, I joined a class, I was in Chicago at the time, and I um, was at the Chicago Dramatist, props to them, they're awesome, they are really good with developing playwrights, and so I took this class, and wow, I was like, oh my god, this is it, this is it, and um, I wrote a play, Just I just did it, and I got into some grad schools, and one of them being Columbia, and then I moved to New York because where else was I going to go? I mean, you know, Mikey, Mike, Michael's here. So I was like, I guess I'm going to move to New York. And um, Columbia was an amazing um, 
experience. Um, it really did shift my perspective on what direction I wanted to write in and like what my voice was like. Um, and from there, everything's kind of history, just one thing after another. Yeah, it's it's really interesting following, uh, sort of hearing how things change because I'm a terrible I'm a terrible person. I'm not very good at like asking questions <laughs> unless I'm interviewing someone on the podcast. So like to me, I like we did Quack together, the Queer Artist Collective in Houston way back in the day, and um, right. And you founded that, right? You and Sixto. We did. We were. We looked. Um, Lord, another Loris Bradley moment. Um, me and Sixto did this um, group called Schools Out, and mm-hmm. um, we were little queer babies. And um, we looked at each other. And this was Houston, Texas. I mean, Diverse Works was kind of our world. And we were like, we don't like bars. Um, we did probably secretly on the inside, but we were kind of too young. Mm-hmm. So we looked at each other and we're like, well, we've got to keep doing this. We were addicted to like making shows and being on stage and expressing ourselves and performing. Um, it was, it was just everything. Um, so we formed Queer Artist Collective and we did, we got some grants to use some video equipment and we started writing and um, Loris hooked us up with some amazing artists, um, Brian Freeman and Keith Hennessy and some other performance artists um, during that time. And it was just, you know, an amazing experience. And then we brought like all of our friends on like you and Grayson Jacobs and Tiffany and all of the little, little queer kids that were running around at that time. It was awesome. It was super awesome. That's one of the things like when I look back at maybe this might be like the, the diam, I almost called you diama. (laughs) That's it's been done before. Yeah. But I, (laughs) I like when we first met, I was like, I am not getting her name wrong. I'm going to learn her name because, you know, so uh, I for me to get it wrong at this time, I think it's just we're done. I think that's all I got. We can't be friends now. Um, but they're like those moments. I remember those workshops we did, like when we first started, when I first became a part of Quack, it was like, oh, Daima said, right, to start writing this thing. Here's a topic. And I was like, OK, I guess. I'm a writer, <laughs> but it's like there, there are other moments like that. I remember when you were in Chicago and I had just moved to New York and I kept seeing stuff you were doing, like you were doing your own shows. Um, and I was like, how, how is she doing that? Like, I couldn't get my head around. Like she's just doing her, she's just how, like, I don't know. I don't know how to express that. But then like, I think part of that is what motivated me to be like, start putting that energy toward like, maybe I could be a person that does that kind of stuff. And I did. So you've like right. sort of like been a, uh, a, it sounds corny, like a, a, a guiding star. Oh my but, God. You know, maybe not quite that dramatic, <laughs> but they're right, a lot like a guiding star with side eyes. That's, <laughs> that is exactly, that's what I was looking for. I'm really impatient. And if I, if I get the bug and need to do something and I get an idea and, and enough people say, okay, cool. Then I'm, it's all, it's all cylinders for me. And, um, I think 
now that we've we're talking about this, I've always been like this. And now that I'm um I'm just impatient and I'm not going to wait for um anybody to tell me yes or no. Um I feel like as a queer oh so I can go back into this the story is like um um when I was when I was coming out of the closet, I grew up. So part of my story is that I grew up in a in a Muslim family, in an African American Muslim family, and you know, um, back then it wasn't um, how do you say cool <laughs> to be gay. <laughs> wasn't quite jiving. So um, I, me and my family had to part ways. This is a kind way of saying it, um, and. And so I, from a very early age, had to just make make things happen, make housing happen, make food happen, make the, anything happen. And so when it come now that I'm like better, and oh my god, this story. So there's a there's a there's a, there's a happy ending to that story. So don't anybody like. <laughs> get real sad <laughs> or anything, but it was kind of dark for a minute. Um, but like I, I have never been someone who's been handed anything per se. Um, so it's just in my blood. It's a habit. Like when when it's time to like do something, I'm gonna just do it. Anyhow, so the end of the story is, and um, that's what I'm. I'm gonna tie it into the work that I'm doing. Oh my god! Right now, in the next coming week. Um, so let's fast forward. Um, it's like, that's a few, my father died. Um, and, and, you know, by that time he and I had a really, really good relationship. I think at some point when I moved to, when did I, when I moved to Chicago, I was already like, we, I hadn't really spoken to my family in a long, long time. And I moved to Chicago to go to school. And while I was in Chicago, I had this like sort of a, epiphany or just sort of awareness just developed I was like oh my goodness I'm like I am surrounded by loving queer people and everybody supporting I'm in just this wonderful bubble like I but and I and I also want to have a relationship with my my parents and my family and I know that they're not digging on the gay thing at all but I don't think that matters. It was just really important for me that I be a daughter. I think I had some really cool kick-ass people around me who were spiritually and like ethically and just whole people. And they led by example. And, and they were they had built bridges of love with, you know, during adversity. And I wanted that. And... So I reached back out to my mother and father and I called them every day, called them not every day, but like every week, probably like twice a month for a while and was just like, hey, what's up? And slowly but surely, um, you know, a relationship built out of that and they warmed up. And as long as and at first it was kind of like really chilly me talking to them and they were like, we don't want to hear, hear anything about the gay stuff. And I'm like, no problem. Hmm. it's 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 cool and um and just walk through that 
And I'm telling you the short version of the story. Um, Anyway, fast forward, my father dies. We have a sort of a workable relationship, albeit he's a sick man, but like we had a, we had a thing. And, and my mother had this like breakthrough and she comes to me and she's like, I accept you as you are. She's like, well, let's, let let me tell the truth. She's like, (laughs) I accept, (laughs) let me tell the truth. She accepts me that I'm making a choice and she accepts my life choice. She's still not believing that like gay people are gay and that's just it. But what she does have is just unconditional love for her daughter. Which is a big deal, right? It's huge. And I'm not going to like split hairs or like be, you know, like drill down on semantics at all. I'm like, I'm, and I accept her back. I accept that she sees it as a life choice. And it, guess what? It doesn't matter. Um, because I have my mom back now, now that I'm a playwright, I'm like, Oh my God, I've been obsessed with putting that on stage. Okay. First of all, in American theater, you know, I love it today. I love theater so much. And like with its flaws, like it's not, you know, you don't get to see on Broadway, lots of queer stories. It's starting to happen now. Like I think my good friend, Joshua Harmon has his play play up on Broadway called significant other, which is great. And you know, there's shows like Hamilton and eclipse and all kinds of wonderful things are happening, but like, there's still more, there's still more stories to tell. And I'm excited. About, I'm like, we don't, I mean, and I'm just a little like, I don't think all of the Muslim stories out there have to be about terrorism because that's, um, there's all kinds of stories out there. And so I'm writing something about Muslims that don't have any terrorism at all. It's about family. Oh, wait, there's, um, and also, Ayat Akhtar writes a lot from the Pakistani perspective. But what about the African American perspective of Islam? You know, that's like a totally different, very specific thing. And um, that's what that's what I'm working on now. So, yeah, like I've also other work. I'm not solely focused on that. Like I, I believe that um, I like writing about uh, lots of different things, but. Right now, that's what I'm focusing on. Anyway, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> this is the blah, blah, blah I want to hear. So keep okay. on blowing, honey. <laughs> keep on. So. <laughs> well, you want to talk about see. some of the stuff you've got coming up this week? Are we there yet? <laughs> that's a funny question. Oh, oh, wait. No, we're not. We're not there yet. And I haven't even talked to you about this. The, the McDowell. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Right. So so can you give a background on exactly what that is? And then it's a, yeah. So McDowell has been around since 1907. It's an artist colony and they support um, giving their, their line is freedom to create and they give fellowships um, of from two to eight weeks of time and space to just create and write. And so they they support painter, visual artists, uh, playwrights, um, fiction writers. There is compos- there's music. 
there's architecture. And so you apply, like if you're an artist, you apply, blah, blah, blah. And then if you get accepted, then you get to come to New Hampshire, Peterborough, New Hampshire, for however long you decide to go. And you stay in these adorable cabins that are so sweet and they feed you and you walk around and it's like, it's so pretty and beautiful and it's quiet and no one can come to your cabin unless you invite them. So that means it's quiet. Uh-huh. Did you hear me? It's quiet. <laughs> so does anyone just drop by? <laughs> Not unless you invite them. And I'm like, what? What? I'm like, can I move in here? Like, what do I got to do? Do but no, it's so the people there are absolutely amazing. And all kinds of people have come through there. And it's been around for over a hundred years. And it's one of the most special it's the most special place I've ever been. I miss it. Like I'm back in um the New York area right now and I miss it but it's okay because now I'm like I've got like so much work to do and I got a lot of work done in fact I was working on the the play that I'm working on right now kind of about um that's centered in like this whole queer Muslim thing is called not in this room I wrote I worked on that at McDowell Mm -hmm. which was so good anyway um, yeah, so that's what how long look were, it up. How long were you Go at McDowell? Oh my god, five whole entire <laughs> blissful <laughs> That is amazing. Cool. Yeah. Uh, that's another thing that I'm like, huh, maybe Diamond yes. did that. Maybe I can do a thing yes. like that. <laughs> no, please apply. Please apply. Actually, the their deadlines just passed for January 15th, but I believe that they're the next round is April 15th. So get your applications ready. And if you do for April 15th, it'll you'll be there for the fall and winter. And winter is so nice because it's it's even more quiet. I hear, I haven't been during the summer, but I hear the summertime is party central and like it is on fire. So oh, wow. you want to go in summer, you have to apply, I think in January. And I met so many amazing people that I can tell I'm going to be friends with for life. I mean, really bonded with, with some amazing artists. It was so cool. That's amazing. I need to do it. Okay, I'm going to do it, Daima. You're going to get on it. Get on it. Yeah. All right, let's talk about what you've got coming up. You've got three different things happening this next week. Yes, like- right back. I mean, no, no, no. I've got, yes, three three next weekend. But then there's another, there's something in February, possi- and then something bigger in April. Um, so... Three things. Um, the New York Madness is happening um, uh, uh, January 29th at the Crane Theater. Um, January 30th is Classical Theater of Harlem. Um, not blanking on the address of that. Um, uh, for Columbus it, Circle. Second yes, floor. thank you. Yep. And then on Tuesday is Sanctuary at Hear Arts, which is a part of a whole festival of queer and resistance-based theater and all kinds of art 
Um, look up Sanctuary at here on Facebook and there's all kinds of things happen. And this kind of happened all of a sudden out of reaction to the world and what's happening in America. (laughs) 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 And so we're just like putting things out there. So Tuesday, January 31st, 830, Not in This Room is the play that kind of is dedicated to my beautiful mom. And this is what I saw at Judson. Is that right? Yes. Oh, that's right. Judson. That's awesome. Thank you for reminding me. Props to Judson. They're awesome. And so I got to do a first draft of the play there. And now I've like done some rewrites and really, you know, drill down on some of the characters and yeah, it's going to be a new play. Oh my God. I can't wait to see it. You're that. Yeah. The, the, your mom character in that play is like the best. (laughs) I just love it. There's a little, the little stunt she pulls. A little stunt she pulls. Um, did she do that in real life? I don't want to say what it is in case. No, 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 no. And in fact, in fact, I fictionalize everything. Like I'm not. Uh, I haven't. I don't write autobiographically, but I take my. I take things. And then re- and just fictionalize them and just I take them. I take. Yep. 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 Um, amazing. So just side note, if you're listening to this podcast, um, and you thought, wait, I can't remember all that. No worries. You can go to MikeyPod.com and there will be in the blog post for this episode, uh, links to all of the things we're talking about. So you can just go to there. Yay. Yay. Thank you. Oh my God. Yeah, no, this was super fun. And to reminisce about, oh, oh my God, like all the, all the fun places and fun things we've done. Um, there's so many that we haven't even reminisced about. I know it's um, it's like we're really we're really privileged. We're really like lucky that we we um, just trusted the um, trusted ourselves, trusted our higher selves to go forth into the art world, which is so risky and it's not easy. And, um, but when you do it, the, the rewards are so good. It's just yeah. so good. It's really hard for me. It's, I'm getting better about it right now. I'm feeling good about it. Cause I'm not currently working on a show and I'm actually doing things that pay me money. <laughs> so I'm like, Hey, that's great. Being an artist. Look, I have money and I ate something today. <laughs> Um, but uh, it's something I struggle with. It doesn't always feel like a blessing. Um, and and I have to choose to make it, you know what I mean? I have to choose to look at the blessing part of it because you know, I feel like I go on too much about this in a negative way. Let me try to put it in a, in a positive way. (laughs) We like choosing to, to be someone who creates work is it's the guarantee is that you will be creating work. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) yes and and that's, that's it. it um and that's it you know like sometimes like when i look around my apartment i'm like well i just live in this place like i don't spend any money on decorating <laughs> i spend money on like a keyboard or like you know all this kind of stuff it's just really interesting when i imagine like someone who is like a nine to five type corporate person walking into my apartment being like oh you poor thing. <laughs> Do you ever have that feeling? Like, cause we're also, I don't want to say you're old, but 
I'm older and we're about the same age. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like people, I still, see, I'm, yeah, never mind. I am not your age. I'm younger. You, how much younger? Stop it. We told, we, <laughs> we promised no numbers. I simply <laughs> asked a question, Daima. <laughs> but anyway. I to answer. <laughs> I'll allow it. Uh, gracious and i lost track of where i was even going with that but i that's a, i guess Whoa, the corporate the, people uh, the point the point i guess is that um i love hearing you say stuff like it's a gift to to have this life because it is it's just really fucking you know, hard sometimes <laughs> it is so hard it is so hard and maybe i don't know what kind of bubble i'm in right now uh-huh. because i i have um, I have less <laughs> than, um, I don't, I, right. I, I'm not going to go into like the whole thing, but like, it's really scary. And I don't know why I'm feeling this warm, fuzzy, I'm creating work, but like, I think that creating work when I'm in the middle of something good, like I have just a couple of, and I didn't even talk about everyday Afro play, but I have a couple of really great projects that just the fact that I'm working on them and just the fact that I have collaborators and people saying, yes, let's help you put this up feeds me so much that I don't even feel the fact that I don't have the apartment that I want that I have to work a day job that, you know, is great. And I'm so grateful for that day job because I do get to eat and I do get to like live in a house, you know? Um, But I don't feel like the, that anguish of like the hardships Mm -hmm. of being an artist when I'm creating the work. Now there's some times, like I can tell you like before McDowell, Like, uh, I don't know, September, October, I was not feeling it. I was like, really? Really? This is my choice, huh? And sometimes, you know, I'm like, I'm really kick myself for making this kind of decision about my life. But then you actually get to live in the live in the bliss of making the work you know when you've done you recently did the show the 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 uh, tamberlane show right yeah how did that uh oh my god what if i was like oh it sucked (laughs) no it was beautiful and there were three nights of it and um yeah that's the thing it's really great (laughs) oh my god you know what i have to be honest i don't think it's really great right now it's what i want to be doing um, but I struggle a lot recently with like doing it. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's more, that's, I think that's unrelated to act. Yeah. Yeah. But the nights of the show after the show, when there were people like telling me when people like watch a thing that I made that I, you know, these solo shows, it's just me and my director. And most of the time it's just me like writing it and right. practicing it. And my cat looking at me like, what, who are you talking to? (laughs) And then having an audience and having people be like, when you said such and such, I really got that. You know, like no one said anything that, that directly, but some people did like, so those moments when like this thing that I don't even realize what I'm trying to communicate. It's just, oh, it's hard to talk about this stuff. It's hard to make it make sense. 
Uh, but no, 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 it does make sense. It's it's peaks and valleys. But what I beg to I beg to argue um, is that I don't think people who get to live lives without art, who get to live just regular lives, I don't think their lives are full of bliss all the time. I'm sure when they get a bonus from their corporate job, that's like sometimes amazing. And sometimes they may walk around feeling like, yeah, well, it wasn't so-and-so's bonus. And, or I don't know, maybe this is the human condition that things don't just don't feel good all the time. And I have no idea why I happen to be in this blissful state, because let me tell you, um, that's not all the time. Most of the time, I battle (laughs) (laughs) staying on. Well, I don't want to go that dark, but like definitely I question why I'm here all the time. Yeah. All the time. You know, I think you made me, you just made me realize something. It Like when I get in those places, like when I, like when, when I have a show coming up, like when the animal show was coming up and I was in the midst of like self producing and, uh, yes. writing so- and arranging and all the crazy stuff I had to do. I was like, in my mind, those were the only bad experiences in the world. You know what I mean? So if, right. if I was, I was like, oh, why am I doing this for my life? Why don't I just choose to have an office job where I wouldn't have these only negative experiences? You know what I mean? Like when I'm in that place, I'm not acknowledging that, oh, like having a different job has other stuff that sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, so totally. getting rid of oh this God. stuff that sucks isn't going to just get rid of all the stuff that sucks. Like, no, there's stuff that sucks about everything. <laughs> that Let's make a meme. There's stuff that sucks about everything. <laughs> and it should have a face of a kitten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's sort of like right now I'm feeling that in a really affirmative place of like, oh, yeah. The things that suck about my life aren't the only things that suck in the world. <laughs> like other no. people have a different kind of sucky thing. No. <laughs> and, I, and isn't that great? Yes, they do. No, yeah. And yes, they do. And some, um, depending on where you stand in the world, um, we can place values on like better or worse or whatever. And so like, actually, actually, even with me not living where I want to live and we, me not having the kind of cash I want to have in my bank account or like just the sort of access and acknowledge, you know, all of that stuff, even without all of that stuff, I still live a pretty cushy life. I mean, getting to make art, because there's been times in my life where um, I didn't believe that this day, me living in, in doing theater in New York, would ha- I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that this was, was what it was going to be like. And there were times when I was, yeah, so this is cushy. Even with the, maybe, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say that, but kind of. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I can find the, I can find the good in this. Yeah, and you know, uh, sometimes it helps me. Like I feel like we're going on. Like suddenly we're having our own conversation, but maybe that <laughs> makes for good podcast listening. <laughs> um, I think back to myself when I lived in Texas, 
And yep. what I what I imagined people who who or what I imagined my life would have to be like to go move to New York City and create original work and put it on stage <laughs> and That's have people that, come that to like it. Unfathomable. Yes, that sounded like that sounded like. Well, I'm gonna build a rocket and I'm gonna <laughs> get some fuel and I'm gonna go light a match and then boom, I'm gonna be on the moon, folks. Yeah. That's what that sounded like to me. And I was like, take me to the psych ward. Yeah, wow. like I remember telling people when I was moving to New York, like, well, like I was just like, I'm probably going to die. Like I will probably die when I get there. Like I'm going to be homeless, <laughs> like really fast and then I'll be dead. So hmm, I'm going to try anyway, though. <laughs> but I really like I imagined failure. I imagine like living in a little cute, empty apartment with lots of sirens outside <laughs> and then just pretty much being homeless and dying <laughs> so that didn't happen but it seemed like it was completely unfathomable that i would have any level of success and and, and I, the level of success i have is not a financial thing <laughs> and it's really the success is just like oh i did it i did that thing that i did i thought i'd never be able to do and i did it twice i made two shows and i did them in new york city Yes, you did. At really swank, historical, longstanding places. So Crazy. that was, yeah, incredible. And, and, and it gives me hope that when, especially when things look kind of impossibly bleak for, you know, certain people, um, hmm. It makes me wonder what can happen. What are those possibilities? What am I not? What What am I not seeing? What kind of new paradigm can I carve out of what's right in front of me? You know, and I'm thinking about thinking about that all the time. Like, um, I'm like, I've been, I've been in some dark places. I've been in some sad places where I didn't know. How I was going to get through the next moment, like when I, you know, was kicked out of my house, you know, mm -hmm. and I never thought, I never thought that I, if I, you know, if I ever get married, which is like, oh God, um, I never thought that my mom would be at the wedding, you know, yeah. and now that's totally, that's totally going to happen if there's marriage in my future probably not but if there is my mom would be at the wedding and that is something that I went to bed crying over for a while you know what I mean yeah. so if like things like that can change and shift then what else you know mm. I wonder that there's, there's something that's kind of related to that that I've been thinking about a lot lately this guy uh Joey Ito was on the podcast uh, I guess like a month ago, he's the uh, uh, director of the MIT Media Lab. Yes. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And his, I remember. In his book, in the beginning of it, he's talking about um, when they first made film, like the first people that made a movie, like a moving picture, they did it and they were like, okay, we did it. That's it. <laughs> like no one thought they were going to do anything else with it. And then they started... Like someone decided, like, I wonder if we can make a story. 
<laughs> using these like of these because they thought it was just some weird novelty thing and they were like oh yeah we did that cool thing so they started like there there's this whole little vignette about the director and they, they had a shot of a little girl petting a cat and they were like and and from when they were filming it they were like well we can't see the cat we can't see the cat's face and they were like well what if we what if we move in closer to the cat so it just shows the cat's face? And they and the, uh, the, all the people are like, no, 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 people won't know what happened to the girl. And they'll <laughs> like, <laughs> so, but, it's, <laughs> but it's really how they handled it. And they were like, well, let's just try it and let's see what happens. Cause they were afraid everyone in the audience would just freak out and be like, where'd the girl go? Like that something happened to her. But they didn't. They were like, oh, now we're seeing the cat. <laughs> so, but it's just that, like that whole, that whole thing of like, with the people that made the film, the first movie had no idea about anything else except like we made this thing. And, and then there were all these other possibilities about what they did, but they, they weren't looking at it that way. So I don't know. I, I'm thinking about that a lot and I don't know. That's great. I mean, no, no, no. It's just like the beginning of like, I have, I have a seed. I have a little thing that's unrecognizable, unknowable and undiscovered or not necessarily undiscovered, but un, um, unexamined. And, and then, then our human minds just sit with it a little bit longer and we make stuff out of it. I think that's, Yeah. And so, and so there are possibilities. I love that film story. I because lo- because I went to we we studied a little. I remember a little bit of that from School of the Art Institute. Uh-huh. Although I didn't study hard enough. <laughs> anyway, but I'm I'm in theater now, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, just so you know, I've only read the first, not even the first chapter of that book. <laughs> but boy, did that 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 first half a chapter surely had an impact. <laughs> <laughs> that right it's, it's it's carrying us through our days that was it i was like I, that's it i can't learn any more things and that was it <laughs> um we've been talking for a long time we should probably wrap it up oh really okay yeah like we're not in trouble <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are the podcast police gonna come <laughs> <laughs> your podcast is over the limits of time you should have made this two parts I don't need I just got that. Okay. That went from potentially funny to just very not okay. <laughs> um, where's the best place to find you on the internet? Where can the people find Ooh, you? My website. Um, Daimamubashir.com. Um, and it has. Go ahead. And it has. Yeah, it has um, other projects. Ooh, that. Reminds me, I need to update it with more stuff. So yeah, just aimamubashir.com. I'll let um, Michael put that on the website because it's long. I will. Or should I spell it? Uh, let's spell it just for fun. <laughs> oh, God. D-A-A-I-M-A-H-M is Mary. U-B-A-S-H-S-H-I-R.com. Ta-da. Great. Simple, but not really. <laughs> <Simple>. <laughs> um, thanks for joining me. 
Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's always fun to talk to you, Michael. It's we are we are like art brothers and sisters. Yeah, and uh, and that's so important. Yeah, I, I, I'm having a very like. Uh, <laughs> I keep saying we should stop, and then I'm like, but you know, let's talk about one last thing. No, I just like looking back at the whole like sort of timeline of our experiences as humans and artists and the time that we've known each other. It's really like pretty amazing what has happened in our lives. It's totally remarkable. Yeah. Totally remarkable. Mm. And um, yeah, super proud. Like I'm like, you know, no one could take that away from us. That's true. Yeah. Well, on that beautiful note, Choose me tonight 
from Anoni that was Drone Bomb Me. The album is called Hopelessness, and perhaps you recognize that voice as belonging to the person formerly known as Anthony of Anthony and the Johnsons. Um, I did not even realize this album was out that Anthony was now Anoni. I love all of these things. This album is fantastic. Uh, it came out at the end of last year. And I'm excited about it. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I'm going to wrap this thing up. It's a little longer than usual. Uh, it, that, that conversation with Daima, I thought was great. I kept thinking, ah, we're going on too long, but I couldn't think of anything to cut out of it. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it too. Uh, I, I guess I'm on a journey right now of figuring out um, how to sort of embrace this sort of place I am in my life with being an artist. Uh, it sounded like a very pretentious thing to say in a way, but I guess not. Um, yeah, MikeyPod.com. I'd love to hear from you. MikeyPod at gmail.com and uh, leave a review at any of the places. Subscribe, etc., etc. Uh, show notes at MikeyPod.com. I think that's everything. Thanks, as always, for listening. I'm happy you're here, and I will talk to you soon. <laughs>